Okay, hello. Welcome back, everybody. It has been six years since <laughs> the most recent episode of Legends of Tomorrow. It really does feel like... I mean, I, the last episode was the Christmas episode, so it has been like a couple of months. It's weird. Yes, it is now uh, February. Yes. Should I say they are... Valentine's Day tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Today is Galentine's Day. Um, I don't love the term gal i kind of prefer when it's just palentine's day because i kind of feel like galentine's day like that thing from parks and rec where they're like we're both tragically heterosexual like you don't fucking have to be live your dreams yeah like it's one of those things where they were like slyly pointing out how much closer these two women are and i'm like yes so they should date and then parks and rec was like no no yeah like galentine's day is 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 like a very gal pals to me it's a it's a straight woman's holiday. Like I don't yeah. need this. Please please leave. Yeah, it very much is. And no. okay, that's actually not the opening bit. Let me walk you through because we're back. You know, there's a lot of pressure on us from all twelve of our listeners. Um, there's a lot of pressure Hold on, on us. I would I would I would um no. you know I think to get the get the ball rolling. I'm actually going to start at the end, and I'm going to ask a question. How in what oh, we're turning the tables at any point in time? Okay. Does the social worker not pick up on the fact that the asylum that one of the children in their caseload was sent to is run by Satanists? Can I tell you what my opening bit was going to be? Yes. Okay, I had a couple. Number one, I was going to read a Kingdom Hearts fan fiction, but then I was like, it's really rude. I will hang It's really rude to read someone's fan fiction without their permission. Um, Because you know what? Even if you're like, oh, this is so bad, somebody fucking worked on it. Don't be a dick. And well, then I was yeah. like, I was it's thinking like, no. about asking one of your friends for your old fan fiction account so I could find one. But then oh, I was like, really? if I did that live on air, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the ideal that we were going for. I then I was like, what if I walked um, through all of the legends of personas? But then I was like, I just don't know if I'm in enough like, to be I'm sensitive that to that. Seriously, um, because all I know is that Sarah is a Pegasus. What? No. See, and already, and already the discourse begins. And then my third oh, one that I decided on. The, the thing is, is like most, you know, I'm not fucking doing this. Okay, listen. If you'd wanted my fanfiction.net profile, you could have asked for it, but now I'm not giving it to you because you're a monster. And so my third and final opening bit is I have some helpful budgetary tips yeah. for legends. And I think this okay. is I think this is the winner. Number one, the holograms, we can't afford that. From now on, if a no, person is a hologram, it's just gonna be like just throw a sheet over Stop. just McAllen and write hologram on it in marker. And then maybe cut something out so we can see her face and just have her wear a sheet with her face cut out. Like in that and fucking those, volleyball and anime where they always sort of edit out that one part of the net so you can see the character's face clearly. Yes. I've never like watched that volleyball thing. anime, but I know the animation trick you're talking about. So yes, exactly like that. Yes. Number two, and this I is something I need your professional opinion on because you do have a okay. PhD in this. Reasonably, yeah. how much hair gel can we limit Nick Xano to an episode? Um, One of those big tubs that you can get at the grocery store. Okay. And remember, it can't be generic because if it's generic, he'll die. So no, we'll upset him. So he's like a dead, like a tropical fish. I know that we normally per episode go through like ten of those. I'm gonna have to assume we're gonna have to limit like one or two guys. We do not have and the you money can tell for this. Been using more gel because his first couple of appearances, I didn't realize if he was that kind of Italian. But 
it was like a gel creep. Like I think they, he just started breaking into the makeup and hair department and putting it in himself. And they have to, we have to get better security guards in front of the makeup and hair department. So Nick can't run back. Here's in the thing though. We unfortunately cannot afford better security for the makeup and hair departments. <laughs> so what we're just going to have to do is buy less gel. Um, third, this episode was kind of a test balloon to see if Matt Ryan, like got like buzz going and if they should bring him back. And apparently mm-hmm. Matt Ryan costs money. Which I was surprised bizarre. too. He looks but like here's he the would thing. pay you money to let him back. Here's the thing. We can't afford that. So you're going to have to pay him in either real magic beans, if you have those on hand, or just take some beans from the supermarket. I'd say like pink kidney, like a colorful bean, not a black bean, not a pinto bean, like something nice. Those pretty ones with like the veiny detailing in them. Those yes, are good. Yes. Or maybe a garbanzo because they're big. And then just put yeah, some no, edible glitter on them. Put some edible glitter on them and hand them to him. Because even if they're not real magic beans, they will be magic to Matt Ryan. And I think that's what yeah. really matters. And those and are I think my that's fair. three budget cutting tips for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So let's go into the episode. <laughs> Okay, this week's episode is the 10th episode of the third season called This is a Garth Ennis Hate Podcast. Um, In a little bit, Ari's going to go into more of the comics history of Constantine. That's me. And I've been really looking forward to it, honestly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen and add some colorful commentary. For now, um, I think we're just going to mention that Garth Ennis is a quote-unquote comics writer that we both have a large distaste for. The worst... The, oh, no, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. There's some very bad people in the comics industry, so I can't say like, the worst. And here's worst. the thing. I, I'm not a huge fan of his writing. I don't like how he feels about superheroes, but I don't actively think he's a monster to people i feel like he might just be too old to be an open monster on twitter because we've seen a few uh comics writers whose names i won't mention you can say nick Um, spencer allegedly i I was gonna say allegedly nick spencer and someone whose rhyme name rhymes with schnan schneiver um have been real shitheads uh and uh nazis recently allegedly allegedly so you know, I can't, I, at, to my knowledge, at this moment, Garth Ennis isn't a Nazi. I have no clue. Um, it would not surprise me if this was the case. But, just, he hasn't been a complete douchebag online that I know of. So, the bar is that fucking low. But we still, point. this is still a hate podcast and we do this not like still, him. I hate him for narrative choices and I hate him because he doesn't like Superman and because he's really nasty and because I had a full-on... A fucking meltdown in a Barnes and Noble because of some horrible shit he put in one of his books, uh, and I've never quite forgiven him for for uh, just being total, absolute, unrepentant shit lord in his writing choices. Gotta hate him. Anyway, uh, yeah, Constantine. Let's go into the episode. So yeah. this episode. Okay, so here's the thing about Legends. It's like Street Fighter, and I mean, I'm dead serious. Hold on. The Explain movie Street Fighter, okay. while you are watching it, is a genuinely enjoyable, nonsensical experience. Um, okay. Raul Julia is having the time of his life. Okay, great. Uh, everyone is clearly, like, aware that they're in a very silly movie, so there's a sort of charm to it, and there's a lot happening all at once. So as you're watching it, you're like, yeah, this is entertaining. And then you okay. turn the movie off, and then you go, wait, hold on, what? And that's this episode a lot is happening it's very entertaining it's that um 
television first episode after a hiatus. So we're coming to you with all of the plot lines we're setting. We're literally trying to set up the entire rest of the season in 45 minutes. And so it was a very fun episode to watch. I was genuinely entertained the entire time I was watching it. Um, I was really enjoying the back and forth on the different plot lines and all the things they were introducing and just seeing everyone interact again and seeing all the characters again. It's like nice. But then you turn the episode off and you go, hey, wait a second. What just happened? Okay. It's it's not like because legends can be enjoyably messy and then legends can be messy in a way where like you go awake with a bad taste in your mouth. And I didn't have a bad taste in my mouth. I'm just kind of like Adderall in one nostril, Xanax in the other. God sort out the rest. I mean, yeah, like, that's the thing. It was a very manic episode. No pun intended. Because it was. It, 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 <laughs> that is, felt, that's funny. it felt that's like good. a manic episode for the show. And, like, I, and we would know. Yeah. So it's the sort of thing where I genuinely did enjoy it. It was incredibly nonsensical. They were trying to set up way too many stupid things. Um, but, like, I had fun watching it. And yes. with this show, that's really all I can ask for, for most part. We had fun watching it. It had its normal, like, legends drop the ball and this is real problematic kind of elements. So are, we, are we numb to it now? Are we more accepting or have they genuinely gotten better? I don't. There are some. There were a couple of genuinely really funny moments. Yes. Um, the bit where they were they were fumbling over the temporal alchemy sign, which was just the sigil from Gravity Falls. Um, yes. And Ray's trying to describe it to Nate and he goes, so like a duck? And like I guess Nick Nick Zano has very good comedic timing. Yes. We've we've talked about this I feel like before. He is just very genuinely funny. He is genuinely um, funny. So I feel like they may have let him ad lib that. Uh, so that oh, was oh really well. Moment. You know what I found out recently? Oh dear. You know the line when Ray goes, "You can't keep doing this," and Nate goes, "What? Resist your charm?" That was ad libbed. That was ad libbed. I hate him. I'm tired. And like, and here's um, my issue with Nick Zano, and I guess we'll get into a little bit of queer baiting later, but not really, because I don't really think we need to, because we've discussed it so much. We have, but there's a couple of new things this episode introduced that might be worth remarking on. Okay, but I just don't think Nick Zano knows what queer baiting is. No, he has no idea. There's no malice there. I think he just is genuinely having a lot of fun. I mean, like, who among us doesn't want to climb up onto a box or two boxes or six boxes and kiss Brandon Routh on the mouth? You could just stand on my shoulders. I feel like it would be way easier. Thank you. That I really appreciate that. That's true friendship. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I I mean, actually, since I said I was going to talk about it, and I will briefly because we don't want to devote too much time to it. Yeah. But what I thought was interesting this episode is when we see Sarah and Ava interact in a way that's clearly leading up to them being a thing. I was really happy and excited about that. Yeah, it was it also, so good. It was so good. But I'm also kind of like, it's very interesting to me that in that same episode, they kind of put Ray and Zari back together as like Nora's parents, quote unquote, uh. Um, sort of fulfilling this parental role um, for her, however, briefly in a way where I know a heterosexual is going to look at this and think, oh, they're going to be like a mom and dad someday. Like that uh, sort of and like, no. yeah. I know, it's gross. And but, like, like, Ray is admittedly the most dad person on the planet, so, like, yes. I get it. But with that, plus Nate and Amaya, that wasn't so hard, like, pushed as hard. I feel like they're No, because go- they have, we, we've seen them before. And, like, can I just say, like, because, you know, I really liked Ray and Kendra, which is a ship that gets a lot of flack from viewers because people like to be wrong. Yeah, um, But the thing is, like, I have absolutely no issue shipping Ray with women. Um... I just don't see, like, I just, and like, and here's the thing, is that Ray Palmer is one of the most tender-hearted romantic characters of all time. So mm-hmm. if I'm watching this and going, I'm not getting 
getting romantic vibes from this. No. Then it really it's feels pro- more it's like really familial? not that romantic. Yeah, no. And I mean, like, I've discussed I before. I just don't think they're into each other that way. Mm-mm. It's a chemistry thing. Because I'm going to be Lev. It's the sort of, I've talked about um, Zari and Amaya before and how I yeah. always worry. I, I, one of my queer baiting red flags is big swoopy dialogue with a lot of big promises that doesn't deliver a lot in terms of back and forth. Mm-hmm. But even in the context of how much I think that the writers push that with Amari, Zari and Amaya as characters still have a lot more chemistry and I can yes. still way more believably be that they'd be a romantic pairing. Mm-hmm. Ray and Zari, I, I don't know if it's because of the context that they're placed in or just the way their personalities bounce off of each other. I literally just don't see anything romantic about it. It really does feel, she almost feels because she's still very idealistic and stubborn and naive um, in a way that, like, Ray is also very idealistic and naive, but it she feels younger than him. She does feel younger it, than him. It's also the height. It's the height thing, that too. It's um, also the height. And, like, and here's the other thing about, like, Amaya and Zari is that their plot lines are connecting in a way that, like, Ray and Nate are not involved in. Which is really which interesting. Which is interesting and very exciting. Phil, I know where you live. And allegedly. Well, I, that's the thing, though, is, like, I had to, then this yeah. episode happened and I just feel like... Even though these things are happening, you, I think there's a connection there. Even though I personally want to see Zari get involved in Amaya's plotline, I'm very worried they're going to fake it out. Um, and I love uh, Steel Vixen a lot. You know, I've mentioned that before, I think. I think it's a really genuinely sweet ship. Uh, with that said, I don't want to see them just sort of slapped together because they're... They feel like they're contractually obligated mm-hmm. to. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you, you want on the show. Do whatever you want on this show. A. B, you know, everybody's got, like, they have stuff they need to work out. Like, everybody's got, and like, and that's the thing, is that this episode is setting up so much mm-hmm. that I'm almost like, there's a lot of balls that could be dropped. Yeah. I don't, there's- I didn't know anyone on this show could juggle. I'm no. wary of watching them try. I forgot to mention in the introduction they're supposed to be doing a young Obama episode. Fuck. Fuck. I keep forgetting and then you keep reminding me. And yeah, I hate so, you. you know, and like, and this is the thing. We went into season three, like we were constantly going on about the Vietnam episode and how worried we were for that. And then it broke us emotionally. So who that, knows? I, maybe young Obama will break me emotionally. I, 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 I'm fucking tired. I don't want it to. I don't want it to, though. I don't want this. But, like, it's my or big maybe they concern. could just not fucking do this. Yeah, you could just not fucking do this. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm keeping... I'm, I don't even know if... Like, I'm let's try to list the plot points that came up this episode. Oh, God. All right. Uh, Kwasa... Kwasa and Nora should be redeemed. Yes. Oh, I'm really... I, I do think they're gunning for that. I, th- yes. I mean, I hope with this all this set up, they fucking better be. Ain't afraid it's no ghostess. I, I, don't afraid it's no I don't know what the fuck Malice's deal is, but Skeletor 2 is apparently like... Oh, that's another budget thing I'd like to mention, you know, because um, oh, he's God. like, you will soon see my true face. Number one, he's being voiced by John Noble. With what fucking money can we afford goddamn John Noble? I... I, I don't know who's paying for this. Someone, someone... John Noble owes a blood debt. I was going to say, who the fuck... What do you have on John Noble, Phil? What did you do? But, um... And, second of all, his face better just be Phil Klemmer. Like, remember on Deadpool when he stapled Hugh Jackman's face to his own face? Yes. Fucking Malice better just be Matt Ryan, paid in magic beans, with Phil Klemmer's face stapled over his face. That is where the budget is. That's fair. Or, I mean, for the love of God, 
go the fucking I've said this so many goddamn times, I feel like a broken record, but do some practical fucking effects. Build an animatronic puppet head, have him coming out of some fucking dimly lit cavern. You can build a quick rock set with some fucking plaster of Paris and wire mesh. Just throw like, rocks at the cast and say it's malice. <laughs> yes, but there you don't have to make him CGI. And like, even when they do try for... If I see one tentacle, if I see a single tentacle... I. I you brought the you've said the cursed cursed word of the day yay yay <laughs> I will thing. take everyone to hell with me yeah everyone. no straight up no joke legends legends and review drag me to hell edition my point is um holy shit you guys uh malice the fucking Nora demon possessed Nora effects I have seen a lot of horror movies. I am not personally fond of the stringy-haired ghost girl genre. I, I don't know why. I've just never really found it engaging. That but was not a wig by vanity. No. That was a... There's a very specific look, and you missed it by a country fucking mile. How much larger like, is a country mile than a regular mile? I don't fucking know. It's just a turn of expression. Okay, I thought you might have known. Okay, I'm I sorry. Thought, I, 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 thought I, didn't, maybe... I didn't mean that like I was angry at you. <laughs> no, I just no, I, was, I enjoyed the dialogue of it. But you know what I also don't understand? What? As the crow flies. I don't understand what the shit that is supposed um, to mean. I mean, I think it means in the direction the crow flies in. I'm very you well aware of that. There's a direction our crows like only allowed to fly at perpendicular. To, I don't fuck it. Whatever. Brandon Routh would be able to help us. Yes, this is a Midwestern thing. I, I, I want nothing to do with it. My point is god that was an awful look like you i they were i don't know what the fuck they were thinking and it was like you can do a demon look on a low budget you didn't have to make it look that bad you had to have tried and failed and if you're gonna keep doing demonic possession we're gonna have to get better at doing makeup guys and also don't just 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 have her die have the poor actress dye her hair or do some you don't you it looked awful. It broke my heart. It was so bad. Um, speaking of demons and malice, I'm now I'm, I'm, st- I'm I understand that. Wow. Something on the show is vaguely defined and inconsistent is might as well be the tagline, but what the fuck? I thought malice was like a, supposed to be like a, like a Kronos type Titan from before time thing. But yeah, now he's so did I like, now he's now just he's, possibly a demon. I don't fucking know. I'm, 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 I, 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 let me ask you something very, very important. Yes. Am I malice? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. Next question. But uh, it's the sort of thing where I actually want to start complimenting the show for the first time this episode because, um, for some context to Constantine, I when I was about like eleven to thirteen and I went to the library, I fell in love with like Vertigo imprint DC Comics mm-hmm. from the nineties because. I had no supervision when I was reading things ever. And they were just sort of in the back with all the other comics. So I, I guess your them. vertigo, I guess you reading Constantine is my uh, watching VH1. Yeah, pretty much. Honestly, um, I read a lot of stuff I probably shouldn't have um, way too early. I kind of had this fondness. I actually didn't meet Constantine through Hellblazer. I met him through the first couple of issues of Sandman. And I was like, I really oh. like this guy. Um, Because he shows up and it's the sort of thing where before Neil Gaiman really figured out what he wanted to do and where he wanted Morpheus to be, um, he and um, Morpheus had like a a brief thing. And I was like, I don't know, something about him really appealed to me, I think, because I've never really seen a character like him in a comic book before. So I started digging up more comics with him. And I I just have a soft spot in my 
part for him. I think he's a really fun and interesting character. You know, and one of the things about uh, Constantine is that one of his formats, when there's a good Constantine comic is usually, or at least just a good, like, couple of issue mini arc comic with him in it, is Constantine goes and confronts a nightmare in a room. Locked room, him, one other person, usually possessed by a demon or some other kind of magical creature. Um, And it's usually a metaphor for something larger. And it was nice to see this episode opening with a pretty standard and solid Constantine story format. You know, he's in the asylum, he's in a room with a nightmare, and he's talking to the demon. Um, Constantine is an interesting character to have on Legends because there's a lot, if they choose to keep bringing him back, if they somehow manage to Wolf of Wall Street their way into affording Matt Ryan... Um, I've given them a solid. If they don't follow my plan, they're idiots. Yeah, no, they're 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 stupid. Just stop buying Nick Zano hair gel. They can bring his own. Um, that's also that's also a good idea. As a character, is a good person who spends so much time paying evil unto evil that he forgets how to be around good people, um, and he ends up getting them hurt and or killed. And that is a pretty consistent theme. Like, Constantine has been a bastard, like, more than once. He is not always a nice person, but never to people who don't deserve it. Like, this isn't somebody who just randomly shoves a demon into an innocent passerby's body, but he spends so much time dealing with the worst of humanity, especially in the Warren Ellis run, because, like, I fucking get it, Warren! I I fucking heard you the first time! The real demons are humanity! I fucking know, dude! Can I just read a story about a demon and a comic about demons and magic? Please! We almost titled this This is a Warren Ellis Hate Podcast, but Ari felt Warren had more redeemable qualities. He does. I mean, I still find him a very solid writer, but you ever have those writers who spend... One of their things is they subvert a narrative so frequently that when you read something with that narrative, you're not even surprised because you're like, oh, I know you're going to fucking subvert this idiot. The real demon is humanity. Like, okay, join the club. You're having a demonic possession in a Starbucks. Oh, my God. Like, I've never seen that that before. Like, takes a shot of cough syrup. Bitch, me too. What the fuck moment? Like, it... In any case, um, with that said, Constantine is not a good person. And that's good. Because when he's on Legends, having him be the sort of person, I was a little wary at first because Legends is already has some morally gray people on it. Yes. But John is a very dingy, dark sort of character. I mean, all of his comics, the art looks like it was painted uh, and then someone ran a brush full of dirt over it. Um, so it was a little weird to see him sort of around this like bright, poppy superhero universe. But personality-wise, I think he could fit in really well, especially the back and forth he had with Sarah. Um, And I do think he's a good addition to the team, and I think they did a very good job, like, setting him up and introing him. My one major complaint, and it is a pretty big one, is they take him too seriously. They take – the thing about, like, Legends is it's not a serious show, and that's okay. Magic in the DC universe is not supposed to be serious either. Um, It is not something – it's, it's not Catholicism. There's no rank and file. There's no power structure. There's no hierarchy. Um, magic is someone that Constantine himself has said anyone can do yes. as long as they have the will and the intent. And this episode did a lot of things where they were like, John, drawing this ancient and magical old-timey secret super fancy and pretty sigil john speaking in latin john oh my god john what do we do and instead of just taking a shot and going fuck if i know he's like yeah like they had him like oh i know i can say this magic latin demon thing like 
And then I saw that fucking, I know it was a supernatural reference to the CW. I saw that Enoki and bullshit. I was like, I'll fucking kill this show with my bare hands. I'll do it. I'll kill both of us. Um, I'm driving. I'll do I'm it. I'm driving. I'll kill us both. But it, it is the sort of thing where I'm like, he's not the whole, there is, there is the, I've seen the panel floating around online. So I'm hoping most of our, our readers and listeners have seen it. Readers. I don't actually know what you're talking about. So have you ever seen, it's the one where John's just trying to keep a demon out and he just draws a circle and writes fuck off in front of the door. Yes. Yes. That, um, that is John Constantine's magic. When he was like drawing this fancy ass sigil, I'm like, that's not John. That's a sigil. That's not Constantine's magic. Zatanna, I could buy, okay, she drew the sigil because Zatanna is a little more like traditionalist, but John's magic is a lot more about misdirection and sleight of hand. And if any of you have read the Discworld books, it's very granny weatherwax. Most of the time, he doesn't even bother performing magic. He's just such a good con man that he gets people to do what he wants or what he needs them to do without having to use magic at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was a bit of a letdown in this episode that I felt like they were trying to make it cool and serious and have people interested in their cool and serious magic. And we can't afford that. that. Number one, we can't afford that. And two, it just it just runs counter to literally everything about Constantine that has been established. And he's been a character for like 20 years now. It's like, what? But it was nice. You know what? I I forgive all that because they immediately had him walk on the ship and started flirting with men and women. Thank you. Because there was the whole when they did the show on NBC and I was so excited. And then they're like, we're not making him buy. Just kidding. And then the show tanked because that was really fucking stupid and biphobic. So it's nice that Legends clearly saw that and sought to address it because they have him walk in and be like, what up? I'm bisexual, effectively. And I really appreciated that. It's the little things. It's like that. And then him knowing that Len 2 slash Leo is also clearly like into men without having to be told. Like, it's just a really nice gay culture thing. I really, really enjoyed that. It was it was a nice little thing. It was. Well, I like that because he flirts with both um, Leo and Amaya in front of Mick. And and I assume I assume force goes Len because they couldn't afford to have two Wentworth Millers in one scene. But if they could have. Force Ghost Len would have dropped from the ceiling and started screaming, oh, are you jealous? Does this make you jealous? How does that feel? I've never done this to you. (laughs) This is your penance for not being a repentant widow. Uh (laughs) Maybe if you had mourned me more and not immediately just um, fallen in love with 10 other people, Michael, 10 others. I will count them. Ten whole Amayas. But um, it it was was legitimately really nice. And I I saw some... I did just briefly want to discuss that, like, this was a very interesting episode because, oh, God, I think this is the time when I'm going to break it out. But I just don't know if Dominic Purcell really wanted to be in this episode. I think I think I feel he like was he might have been there. Busy. Yeah, he was he might have been busy. But the thing is, is that, like, what's really interesting to me about Mick is that we've seen him defend sarah to people who are hitting on her especially men mm-hmm. one time jonah hex was hitting on her and he said she prefers this um philly prefers phillies Aww. and that was really interesting and then <laughs> this one he says to john his girlfriend's a guy and i just always feel like mick i mean he doesn't really know this one as well but he's also trying very hard well it's the sort of yeah. thing where you kind of get the idea that because they've both lost their respective other half yeah. on their universes, that they're just like, we're just going to pick up like it, nothing ever happened and we're fine. Which, again, a smarter show might explore. But with the real life context of Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell being super close, I find it incredibly hard to believe that Dominic would okay saying a line that 
Wentworth found uncomfortable or inappropriate. I just don't feel like that would be a thing. But I think it's more interesting that it implies that Nick isn't uncomfortable with Len, Leo having a girlfriend. Isn't uncomfortable with Leo having a boyfriend. It's more like this random skinny Brit in a trench coat just walks on and starts flirting with the two people who aren't Ray that Nick is closest to. Uh, And I think he's just more uncomfortable. Um, And not in like an, oh, I'm like uncomfortable because it's two men hitting on each Mm -hmm. other way. Just more like, hi, I don't really want to fucking deal with this right now. Especially given this whole episode, he seemed to be very... Out of it? Weird headspace. Yeah. There's that moment, like that football moment where he starts yelling at everyone. And then he kind of pauses. And knowing what we know about Mick's dad and knowing what he said to Nate about his dad's behavior, Mm -hmm. it felt like an, oh my God, I don't want to be like my father moment. Because he just was watching TV and then got up and yelled at everybody. And I think he had like a beat where he realized and then ray was just like this is the sexiest i've ever seen you well yeah but <laughs> Rick is like please leave i do think it was interesting yes. um and it does make me like it, it made me sad because it did seem like he kind of realized that his behavior was not great but uh dominic might have just been busy i i mick really was not involved in this episode a lot um that or they were just like we yes. have to relegate something to the b plot um but this did, episode did give us the line not your ray my ray yeah and let me just tell you something this episode could have just been read from a fucking script and when they got to that line where like we know for a fact that leo's ray is romantic mm-hmm. and so for him to then address ray palmer as mixed ray in that context it's physically agonizing i i actually did paypal phil Clemmer money last night Rebate me harder, Daddy. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, and that's and that's honestly me watching this show. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm like with you where I'm like, if you're gonna disappoint me, just disappoint me already. But I'm also like, I can't wait for I hope in the pirate episode Zari gets kidnapped, so Amaya has to save her. And I it's all I swashbuckling. See, I want to see Zari try to save Amaya. Um, because that was the thing. Quasso was like, I watched my grandmother die, and I decided I was going to fix that. First off, instantly relatable. Because if someone did something to my grandmother, I would also kill them. I'd so, laugh. like, good way of making Kwasa relatable to me immediately. If um, not did that I never. My grandmother, I'd just duck and wait well, for and wait for it to pass. Can take care of herself. My grandmother, um, sitting on the throne of hell now, was <laughs> um, a force of pure evil, and we miss her every day. But she was a force. Like my yes. grandmother is a wonderful person. She's not really a forceful anything. So I'm gonna have to be the person that develops water powers and and does something about it. So yeah, you'd be a waterbender, I think. Thank you. I've thought about that. I'm not really. I would have to probably be a water or earthbender. I don't really think I would make a good firebender. No, um, I mean, and that's the thing is, I've always thought of myself as a fire or airbender. That makes sense. Incidentally. But- um, Amaya is the spirit totem and Zari is the air totem and airbenders are the most spiritual bright confirming Amari in 2005. Yeah. It's also the sort of thing where in, you brought that up. Harder, Daddy. I'm, <laughs> I'm so, 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 so like when they were like, there's the, how many fucking, there's the six, the seven, there's the random fantasy number of amulets that they mentioned at the end of the episode. I'm just like, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this, man. I've read enough fantasy novels. I'm so tired. If the rest of the season is going to be a MacGuffin hunt for magic amulets, I can just go fucking watch Inuyasha. It's fine. I don't have oh to watch the God, show. Oh my God, that's 
so mean. Yeah, no, because I'd rather eat tax than watch Inuyasha again, but that's not the point. Um, I have a question. I, yes? Am I Inuyasha? Yes. Okay, um, thank you for answering. I definitely feel like I don't need any more magic amulet bullshit in the terms of, oh, we have to find the other magic amulet bears because there's only so many more episodes of that I can take. Um, hey, did you know um, one of the magic amulets is, um, no, I was just going to say one of the magic amulets is dick. That's fair. But I, it I, just I anticipated you saying that in my head. Sound is, it's just not as funny as I wanted it to be. <laughs> I still respect you. I thought um, it is the sort of thing where, with this episode, um, we're a little all over the place in how we're critiquing it, but to be fair, this episode was a little all over the place. So I think it's justified. Ray and Zari were both like really good parents. Again, I loved Ray spelling demon out in front of a child who probably looked like they were like 11, 12. Mm-hmm. That was so cute. And then him doing the Oklahoma thing. I'm like, okay, I know. I love you. I love you. You wonderful, musical-loving piece of shit. All right, here's actually something I love about that, is that they have mentioned musical episodes a thousand times before, et cetera, et cetera. And Brandon Routh has said, I mean, that would be nice. He's like, I can't sing. I Liar. Would, everybody else can do a musical episode. He has said on record, he doesn't want to sing, he can't sing. Liar. And so they're like, Ray loves musicals. It's, it's that sort of thing where they were like, I, I, I love that it was so clearly like that's that knowing that that's the case, that they're just being petty is the funniest thing to me. Um, also, he's fine. Totally, totally fine. Um, I, I, I mean, also, his chest is so big say, that he must be able to put a note in there somewhere. Probably. My course teacher used to say uh, anyone can sing. They just need to have the time and the patience. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I think you do need a certain level of um, investment and talent, but he clearly has it. He just needs to refine it. But I think he just doesn't want to sing, uh, which I can also respect. I'm pretty sure that was the plot of High School Musical. Um, I don't know, but I, my po- I think it I, was. I never saw it. I Wait, saw you've never seen a full high? You've never seen all of the first High School Musical? No, because here's the thing: is I oh hit puberty a little early, oh so I had my God. angry, angsty emo teen phase at like. High School Musical is inspired by the works of Charles Dickens, Ari. Yeah. But I, so, but that's the thing is, so when the musical, High School Musical came out, I was like 12, so I would have been the prime audience. But by that point, I was already like, ugh, this is so stupid. This is for preps. I don't want to watch this. Did you also, use the term on preps that, on ironically? I only watched cartoons and Sabrina the Teenage Witch until I was like 15. No, no, so. no, stop, stop. Did you use the term preps on ironically? As a child. I was making fun of myself and my mindset when I was 12. Okay, but did you? I, I must have. I'm sure I did. Okay. I don't remember Don't blame this because you're a prep. <laughs> <laughs> but I never, I never, um, I liked, I don't, I didn't watch the second one either. But I liked the idea that they all just decided to go to the same summer camp no they're all working holy shit they're all fucking working at the golf club that sharpay and ryan's parents fucking own <laughs> they owned it yeah. oh wait what you know what? i don't even fucking care um my my point is right that ray is just doing the zach efron bit in high school musical probably i don't know um <laughs> now you know how i feel whenever you talk about something involving pokemon um <laughs> wait i mean what were you saying that as me what do you mean you said now you know how it feels now oh you wait know- 
Yeah. Okay, I don't know. My point is... Did you have a stroke? Shut up. I feel like I'm not understanding the pronouns right. But in my defense, uh, the show fucks with my brainstem. Yeah. Um, I want to go back a little bit. This show is actively bad for brain... You know how they're like, here are some superfoods that are good for your brain. This show is actively bad for your brain health. Yeah, no. It actively kills brain cells. It's the neurological equivalent of like... Of staring into the sun. Methamphetamines. Oh, speaking of methamphetamines, I've heard from a reliable source that meth is bad. Yeah. Uh, don't so do heard. meth. Oh my god, I cannot stress this enough. I don't care how cool Legends makes it look. Don't do meth. <laughs> but um, I want to go back briefly because yes. the little scene with Ava was so, so soft cute. so cute. So soft. It was just very tender. Extremely good. And it was really nice. And then Sarah has that bit where like she's like, Ava's the kind of girl you take home to your parents. And then later when she and John are having a thing, I liked that they both had like that yeah we're really damaged moment if only because are we really that damaged when she said are we really that damaged do you know remember on the valentine's episode of spongebob when patrick goes you must think i'm pretty dumb yes i literally said she's like are we really that damaged and i said yes turn around (laughs) but it is it is the sort of thing where i find that line interesting in the larger context of sarah having already just said that she thinks like ava is like good and wholesome because if she thinks that ava is too good for her and that she doesn't deserve to be with ava because she's like damaged goods or whatever and ava helps her through that i will fucking cry like i'm like a little emotional thinking about it like again like i i understand when when leo was like oh no she totally had a crush on you i'm like because they're both blonde and i can't quite tell them apart so clearly they're meant to be together but here's if the, that's how here's it the goes, thing. Yeah. it's going to be really sweet. I would I would really genuinely like to see that because it was just nice. And it was, uh, I actually didn't really have a big ish with Sarah and Constantine hooking up, if only because that's... I didn't that's- either. It was kind of, it was whatever. But the big thing about this is my big issue, and like, I, I would have been fine with them, ho- I'm fine with them hooking up. But like, my big issue is that it's been three seasons of Legends. I hate when Sarah says stuff like, I'm so dark, I'm so damaged, because that shit Mark would make her say. That's, I, and I come from- it's just having not really seen her. On it's Arrow. just very like she has grown past this person that you are still saying she is. It's always because she like I was an assassin. I killed people. I like her exact and line like, is I, I looked into the that. eyes of the devil and I gave him my soul. And I'm like, that was five years ago. You're better now. I kind of saw it as like a. I'm I'm not you know I've had too many partners who were bad for me or I've uh, had too many bad relationships and I don't want to do that to someone who's as good and pure as Ava which I would love to see Ava herself refute and maybe you know what I could be wrong I could but that's because I didn't see all of that yeah. shit with Arrow I don't have that context so you saying that is interesting yeah. because that was not how I read it but will time will tell whether yeah. or not that's like, because if Legends has her being like, when she meets Ava, I'm an assassin. I can't, I won't be good enough for you, da da da, because I've killed people. Then that's stupid. But if it's more like, I want to take this seriously, I want to have a good relationship with you that means something, I don't want you to just think I want a one night stand, then that would be very sweet. I would like to see that. That's a good um, point. You know, it's the sort of thing where I, I hope for that. I think because it would mean a lot to me as a bisexual person to see that explore. Yeah. But uh, this show can't read. So who knows? No, the show, the show absolutely cannot read. As a larger concept. I do want to go back to the Satanist orphanage thing. Because okay, what yeah. Let's let's go let's go to the fucking linchpin of this goddamn ev- episode. Okay, so first of all, Zari briefly alluded to the... Like, when she says, oh, I, I hate places like this, I don't know if she was in an asylum or if because she had powers and was a meta, they just kind of threw everyone into 
an area together. I think that might have. I think that was the implication. But the idea that she introduced to her, we're introduced to her as like busting a bunch of people out of like a prison slash asylum. I don't think they made a distinction. Uh, I understand the social system is overburdened, but I feel like mayhaps. If you have a child in your caseload that is in an orphanage asylum thingamagob run by Satanists, yeah, that's a you problem. That's 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 uh, you can't be overpaid enough to overlook that. Underpaid enough, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I actually again smarter show back in the eighties when there was that whole satanic daycare thing. That would have been fucking cool as hell to bring up as like a plot point. But they're not smart enough to do that, so they're not gonna. Can you please and hold hold the fucking phone? You've never heard of the. I have not heard of the satanic. Oh my god, for real! Please, like, please key in me and the listeners. Uh, long story short, there was this big thing back in the eighties where people were convinced that uh, daycares were sacrificing children. Um, mm-hmm. or doing horrible things physically, sexually, mentally, emotionally, whatever yeah. to children in part of, you know, as part of a massive satanic ritual thing. Um, and children would actually like testify like this was a, like people got dragged into court over this and children, you know, the issue and this is this is a big yeah. problem where children have to t- testify about something bad that happened to them is yeah. trauma fucks with your brain and your memory. So kids were being coached by their parents and the defense and it's it's an overwhelming environment so some horrible things may have happened to children in daycares um i we we did safely rule out the satanic cult thing uh it was kind of like a modern day salem witch trial thing where it just kind of a bunch of parents got whipped into a frenzy um there's a lot of mistrust towards daycares in general i think because they're for very young children and and like you want yeah and, like, that's totally just I, – I work at a daycare, so I'm kind of like, I do get that because it's like your child is with us for 11 to t- eleven hours a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'd be pretty fucking nervous too. But we don't have room to run a satanic ritual. There's no – I – you know how much shit you have to bring in for that? I'm, I don't have the fucking – um, That's really funny to me because today I told my boss she has a Celtic knot key and I told her what the Celtic knot means and then I go, I'm not a witch. And she goes, <laughs> you're a little bit. Yeah, it, it, and I was like, okay, well, maybe. What are you, a doctor? Like low key, low key, low key practicing witch. So that's fair. Yeah. But um, it's it's the sort of thing. Oh my god, you have to. I you'd love the hell out of the satanic daycare panic. You would. I you should definitely look into it. Um, a smart show might have done something with that. Yep. Uh, especially since we see like they have like a portrait of the Virgin Mary on the wall. Having this yep. be like a religious spiritual like we're taking care of these children with mental disabilities or problems because we're morally upstanding people but then surprise or satanists would have at least made sense mm-hmm. but the thing about the, the whole my whole quibble with the satanic orphanage thing is that it was literally just thrown in at the end neil mcdonough just shows up and all right like, every time he said daddy i aged 300 years thank yeah, it, god it thank god that they had the Dominic Purcell wasn't in the episode because he saw the fucking script title and was like all right Actually, i'm gonna do something this. and i've been preparing the entire episode for this so please oh no um if you could just Oh, God, I'm going to start laughing. Hello, I'm television's Dominic Purcell, and I wasn't in this episode because the word daddy is violence against me, especially given that the pirate episode is uh, mixin-themed. Oh, dear. 
Hello, I'm, I'm television's Dominic Purcell, and I do plan on killing Phil Clemmer in his sleep. I have at least 500 pounds on him, on him, on him, and I will snap his tiny bird body <laughs> like a twig. I will kill Phil Clemmer. Am I even sticking to the same accent? No, you're not. This, okay. this is great. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> I'm television's Dominic Purcell, and... I have never kissed Wentworth Miller on screen. Wink. God, stop! Allegedly. <laughs> the only the only daddy on this fucking show is Wentworth Miller, and then I assume he just left. And then You're I assume saying that's why that is libel. Yeah. We're going to jail. There's We're not enough allegedly's in the world to fix that. No, sorry, sorry. With apologies. We're, we're retitling this episode with apologies to Dominic Purcell. Oh my god, wait, I forgot to bring up the best part of the fucking episode. What? The uh, fucking year they were sent to was 1969. <laughs> nice. Thank you. That was it. <laughs> but it was, um, I think I was just more upset that like, yeah, now that I'm looking, I'm like, right. I feel like Dominic was like, oh, I'm not doing this daddy thing. I'm leaving. But, you know... McDonut showed up and was like, "Hey, daughter, uh, you want to just sort of, you know what that fucking what scene felt like? like? Satan? Have you have you ever fought a boss in like an RPG or whatever? And you they take forever to beat, and you kick their ass, and then the cutscene pers- like after it basically goes, nah, it didn't matter if you did that or not. Yes, I've played Final Fantasy X. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's it's that sort of the battle didn't count thing. Mm-hmm. That's what that felt like. It felt like an episode." Ver- a TV version of none of that none of that mattered it was like fucking like he just showed up and he was like hey you want to just come back for no reason and I'm not saying that abused children um you know I- I'm not saying like oh she should have like left because she's like a scared kid like she's not going to make great decisions but it was more like from a narrative perspective she just sort of yeah. randomly goes back with him he doesn't even really give her like a hard sell and we don't really it's not even like I could say well she was good to him I mean, he was good to her and, like, a good dad, or we don't really know that. Um, And so he just sort of wins her over with no effort at all. And then on top of that, then the random satanic lady shows up, and they were like, we'll teach you how to... Are they trying to hand wave her trying to lobotomize a gay person by being like, she's just a Satanist? Because you can't fucking hand wave that. I I feel like they might have. I'm gonna be glad... I'm very glad the lobotomy scene wasn't, like, a long like protracted thing because I was really anxious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still like, kind of like, Hey, yeah, maybe could- this is a bad idea. We could have just avoided that entirely. Um, that would have been really nice. But in any case, uh, that was, that was dumb and bad, but at least they didn't do too much with it. Mm-hmm. So for legends, that's great. But I really am just, I think I'm, I'm only upset about this, the sadism thing because it really does just come out of left field after Damien dark sort of showing up and, fucking seymouring the whole boss fight um then the lady is just like yes and we'll teach you how to bring back your father because we're evil dark magicians even though this has been never clearly established before and uh, what why huh and also i no go back because you just said oliver queen was on trial for murder i want to see him get the firing squad so turn the tv back yeah i'd like to see us i'd love to see us bring back something really um i'd love to see us bring back the guillotine Mm-hmm. No, the guillotine. The guillotine was designed to be painless. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling. What was that? The 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 bull. The bull that they boil people alive in. 
there's a name for that specifically. Oh, if only if only my Nana were here, she'd know. She loved or, that. Yeah, my Nana yeah. loved public executions. They always brought a smile to her face. Or the fucking Goemon bath, like just boil him alive. You can make a nice, like a I fucking. I think that bolt. everybody should get a chance to take a whack at cutting his head off. Yeah, that's fair. Very, very dull axe. Um, I think that's our fair. point is uh, good this, die. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely was kind of like I feel like they are still going to redeem Nora, but I was a little annoyed that they went through all of this effort of having her be like a plot point and then just being like, just kidding, like no, come come back. What the fuck, like. I hope that what's probably going to happen is adult Nora is going to remember how nice Ray and Zarya were to her. And so adult Nora is going to betray him and da, 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 da. I really wish they kept kid Nora around. That would have been really cute. Yeah. I mean, like, oh. hopefully she comes back and maybe with a better wig, but I know we're not going to have a wig. So, Sorry. oh my God. Holy shit. Wait, stop. And and we can keep this in the, um, Justin McElroy just had another child. Oh, oh my God. Cooper McElroy. And he was born at 420 PM. She was. No. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. That's wonderful though. I'm so happy to hear that. Oh my God. Oh, I get really happy when I hear about stuff like this. Oh my God. That's so cute. Oh my God. Sorry. I like don't ever want my own children, but whenever other people's babies, I'm like, Oh my God, other people's babies. That's so cute. I'm so happy for them. Like, Oh my God. That's so cool. Hopefully this baby will not end up in a satanic orphanage. We wish, we wish Justin said the absolute best. God bless 420 baby. Yeah, um, good good job, 420, baby. But, uh, yeah, I think with this episode, um, I really like what they did with Constantine yeah. mm-hmm. as a person, as a magician, as a witch. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'll fucking take it. Also, they kept pronouncing it the other way, but I think that's, like, an English versus American thing. Oh, right. Do we want to mention that Rip broke out of fucking prison? Oh, Listen, God, I here's the thing. Forgot. Here's the thing about breaking out of prison. One, not a good enough reason not to have sex. I'll say it. Yeah. He's a grown man. He makes his own decisions. Two, also, I'm sure like, he'll be fine in the wild. Ari, British men are known for their hearty constitutions and adaptability in the wild. And so I'm I sure he I will be British fine. Dude. I think I could have uh, broken his chest if I pushed on it too hard. Um, they're very as delicate. Long, as it, long it, as it, there isn't a high pollen count or a strong gust of wind, he'll be fine. I do think, and again, like, I'm like, he, I don't know why he would even want to break out of prison. He must have been so peaceful in there. He got peace and quiet. They had, like, therapy sheep. It was totally fine. Yeah. But so I feel like Wally must have shown up and been like, hey, I need your help with something. And Rip's like, oh, But SpongeBob, these are my people. Yeah, like he, I can't see him having wanted to leave prison because the other alternative is being with this team. And I think he'd rather die (laughs) or they'll kill him from the stress. So I do think it's very interesting that Rip broke out um, because it must involve Wally somehow. So now I'm like, okay, how and why? Um, But I am excited to see my horrible son back Mm -hmm. and my beautiful son because Wally is uh, sunshine and Rip is a damp sheep wool. Damn I sheep. love him, but he's damn sheep wool. But I think, I mean, like, I am excited. Like, yeah, this was a fucking yeah. balls-to-the-wall ridiculous episode. And it validating um, by Constantine, even if they can't pronounce his name right, yeah. um, was so was worth it, honestly. Because um, he's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he's the first out-by guy they've had on DCTV. Yeah. 
They've had a couple of gay men. It was and then- really nice that I like. I really did kind of get the feeling from this episode that Wentworth was like, "I'm gonna come on. I'm gonna say I'm gay, and I'm gonna leave." And that's valid. Hello, I'm television's Dominic Fassell, and I am a heterosexual. You're killing me. Hetero, heterosexual, hetero, heterosexual. Jesus. <laughs> I don't. I am I saying that word correctly? Heter. I I don't know. All right. But, uh, so, do we want to talk about next week? Yes, but now and then I said that, and I was thinking about all the gay men on DCTV, and uh, I just want to see Constantine Hartley flirt. Okay, I'm, so I'm going to list them. We have Leo. We have the Ray. We have Curtis. Not Mix Ray. Not Mix. No, he's by. We have. Oh, I'm teasing. Hartley and uh, Sing. And we have Sing. Hartley and Sing are both. Uh, hey, hey, have you thought about how the Flash um, is totally fine with writing off Hartley, writing off Sing, um, making sure everybody is super 100% heterosexual, A-OK, replacing Hartley with Julian, plotline-wise, but then Do doing something super male gazy um, with DeVoe's wife and DeVoe in a girl's body? Like, was that's that, fine. Was that when I started stress singing over that you told me, or yes. was that the Native American artifacts you, thing? The Native American artifacts is what you started stress singing over. Yes, I was doing a very good job of holding the notes, I will say. Um, I think I may have also stressed saying in response to the DeVoe thing, but that's just, I think, my response to the unrelenting, creeping horror that is the Flash as a concept at this point, except Cisco. Um, so, like, honestly, I guess we're not doing too shabby. Yeah, Legends at this point, uh, there's, like, three bisexual disasters on the team, and okay i was it was a really it was really really good to have a gay character talk to a bi character about flirting with a i assume ava's a lesbian honestly yes i'm gonna i i I think i assume and say otherwise but it's the sort of i'm not a husband like i'm not the husband type doesn't say bye to me that seems like there's um as for next week oh wait i just wanted to finish it just feels really it feels really good especially knowing that wentworth is gay and that he has said like and this is a direct quote leo is very dear to me because he's queer having a scene where three involving three um characters who aren't straight just discussing romance in a completely casual way where them coming out isn't the main focus was like so and i can just tell it mattered to him and i'm so pleased it was very nice to see like it was genuinely legitimately really meaningful yes. sometimes the show has done stuff with serious bisexuality that i'm a little like eh. but this was a big thing like this was very near and dear to my heart yes. um i can only hope they continue to follow through on it and they continue to make really good choices regarding depicting characters that are bisexual do we want to talk about next week now yes let's I love One Piece, so I'm really excited for this episode. Well, no, the Pirate isn't week episode is in two weeks. Next week is our bottle episode where Zari is stuck in a time loop. That's also right, because that's actually really... Because we've discussed how fucking hysterical it's going to be, because they're all just wearing... Yeah. Oh, my my favorite thing about... uh, Nate, uh, Nick, and Brandon, and the... All right, this is something that's going to be discussed more in depth uh, next week, but I'm really... I feel like on Legends, they make Nick and Brandon... Um, like when they have to wear tight spandex um, tuck. And in case you're not sure what tucking is, I mean it in the sense that like this is what like drag queens do when they... Okay, so like on RuPaul's Drag Race, Trinity is called Trinity the Tuck because when she goes on the stage, she like literally has like a perfectly smooth space between her legs and she wears like really tiny like like thongs and stuff and it's like a mark of pride for her. And I'm not saying they make them do it that much, 
but it's literally like you have to take your like flaccid person and put it in between your legs and then you have to like sort of put your test the testicles in your body cavity and tape it and you can use electric tape or you can use duct tape and as Willem Belli says if it's not touching between your shoulder blades it's not talking and I just want you to picture them doing this to Nick Sato <laughs> Nick Sato has been dead for three years this next week's episode where it's a groundhog day loop um, and when she she referenced the hedgehog thing and I was like if they make a Sonic the Hedgehog joke in this episode I will kill myself I will I will end my own Cut I my, will. Add, I will cut the, the, my the, frog into pieces. Yeah. The next, if if they make a Sonic the Hedgehog joke, next Legends review episode is just going to be us uh, vlogging our suicides. So, with that in mind, this was a very good, if messy, episode. I love everything about what they did with Constantine, aside from his witchcraft. And even then, it's completely worth it because it's nice to see another bi man. Um, yep. I love him. I really hope he comes back. And I think that's about it for me. I would love for him to come back, but you guys got to go with the Magic Beans plan because we're going to yeah. run out of money. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Please, please, Phil, do this for me. Yeah. Okay. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. It's good to be back. Thank I'm you missed, for listening. Next listeners. week, we will have Kingdom Hearts fan fiction ready. I literally. Uh, goodbye, everybody. I, I love hate you. Myself.